Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. In the house, James is back. I'm back. Where have you been, James? Oh, you know. No, that's why I'm asking. Where have you been, James? (laughs) College, I guess. You've been going to school? Yeah. Yeah, class. New semester means new schedule. That's a strange thing for a student employee to be doing. Oh, yeah. It's like like you, you have a... A divided allegiance. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's it's split up my my priorities, and it's kind of weird right now. Seems like you made the wrong choice <laughs> of where you should be giving your time. It, it seems like you'd want to naturally just stay with us because we've raised you. Well, especially since I I sleep under the the desk every yeah. single night. So. Yeah. Oh, by the way, security talked about that. Oh, did they? Yeah, you're not allowed to. Do, do we that. have to renew what? his certificate? Yeah, he's okay. gonna have to stay out in the car. All right. Do we have to keep the car running? No. Oh. No. It's winter. Why would you do that? We don't... Nah, he's fine. I just just my warmth and comfort at stake. Well, we've missed you, James. So it hasn't been the blanket, same kind of show without you. Yeah. Well, I've missed it, too. It, and let's just fill us in on uh, Michaela. Uh, well, me and Michaela are doing great. Michaela is your long-lost love? Um, not so lost anymore. Now you found her? Yes. Once was lost, now is found. Indeed. And she's the knife thrower? Yes. She's actually started trying to throw knives. It's been Uh-oh. an interesting experience. So that's adding some excitement to the date. Yeah. Yeah. It's a learning experience for both of us. Growing experience, mm. too. And any news? You're, you're working on your hopping around, aren't you? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I, I found that I'm a lot more nimble than I thought. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Is there any news? Because we haven't talked to you for a couple of weeks. So I'm wondering if, you know, anything new happening? Well, uh, news is forthcoming. So really? We, yeah, we'll see. I'll what what uh, what would the like just give us a little heads up what the news well, might what, be? Uh, you, you know, it's it's forthcoming. That's that's one one thing about it. It's, okay, so it's coming. It's going to be big on the 4th. On the 4th. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. We got a we got a few more days. Okay. Okay. That's about a week and a half away. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll okay. wait. I don't want to push it. Yeah. But whatever, we wish you the best of luck on your forthcoming. It's kind of like there's a big football game forthcoming. Yeah. It's like there's a huge game. Yeah. Fourth quarter. Fourth quarter. Yeah. Well, we've, we've missed you. Well, yeah, and, and hopefully I can, I can bring some good news to the show. Like, and in fact, the show is dedicated to you. Really? It's Ooh. about mental strength mm. and how to grow mental strength. How to be strong mentally. Because it's hard. Yeah. The people in D.C. right now, they need mental strength. Well, at least one person there does. <laughs> yeah. But the, yeah. The problem is they, none of them have it. But they all think they do. Exactly. <laughs> so tonight, State of the Union, everyone's going to think everyone else is mentally not stable. Yes. And we all know as listeners that, you know, they're all right. <laughs> It's we got you know so and by the way all of us we need to we need to remain mentally strong too and trials help us with mental strength. Well, I don't, are you going to listen to the State of the Union tonight? Yes, actually I'm not. Why you're you I'm have something it. you're doing? I have a I have a okay. I have a class. I've done that before. I've, I've taped it and kind yeah. of really and you went yes. back and listened to it. 
Yeah. If you, you can just watch the news headlines and read it. And that's, that's spin. That's not. Yeah. That. But you know what I get frustrated by is all the clapping. I agree. I was going to ask you if you're going to clap during the recording. I no, do. I at home. I fast forward during the clapping. Actually, that's why it's better to record it. <laughs> it's like it commercial then, yeah. breaks in a football yeah. game. Yeah. You just fast forward. But then you're going to miss if you're not careful. You're going to miss somebody yelling out, "You're a liar!" Impossible. Yeah, you know what I mean? You don't want to miss that. All the I'll see that on the spice news. It up, add tension to. <laughs> like I mean, James yells that out all the time during the show. Yeah, it's well, true. Yeah, some people do. Yeah, it's rude. Uh, so talk about some news. There, there was a couple news? stories in the news that made oh, me yeah. crazy. Well, you got the Miss Universe contest happening right now. Yeah. and It's happening in Florida, actually. Great place. If you're going to be Miss Universe, that's mm-hmm. where you'd like to be crowned. Of course. Go to the Keys. But there's kind of a controversy brewing. Yeah. I don't know if it's brewing or not. I mean. Hey, it's just a little selfie. You got. I know. It's ridiculous. But you got Israel and Lebanon. Yeah, well, yeah. these countries have not they, they been fond play of each well other in no. the international universe Sandbox. box. Yeah, <laughs> cats and dogs, exactly. Mass hysteria and a picture. Well, was it taken. seems there was a picture posted on social media of Miss Lebanon and Miss Israel together. Yeah, there were two other people in the photo as well: Miss yeah. Slovenia and Miss Japan. Yeah, just innocent. By the way, innocent bystander countries, right? And so people in Lebanon were complaining to Miss Lebanon that she should not be cohorting yeah. with Miss Israel. Right. Or, yeah, even Or doing anything with her, let alone having a photo with her. Well, uh, according to Miss Lebanon, yeah. uh, she said that Miss Israel actually photobombed them, that she was going to take a picture with uh, Miss Slovenia, Miss Japan, but Miss Israel jumped in there Ooh. and took the picture. You know, them as fighting words. Oh, yeah. So That's like yeah. the beginning of an international but crisis. I got to say, if if a country is complaining about a picture, yeah, it's, it's not like in this picture your country is being defamed. We're missing the point of the Miss Universe pageant. Exactly. You still belong to the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, I guess, don't photobomb each other's country. Seems a little oversensitive to... Yeah. Freak out over just a little photo, and I don't even know. I don't believe that she was just photo. I believe I they know. were all just being representatives of their countries, well, taking she did, pictures. She they did know, say took a million of them. Miss Israel had been following her around and trying to get a picture with her. Yeah, so I don't know. It's like it's almost like at an international conference, Obama and Kim Jong Un having a oh, picture taken be, together. That would be funny, and then Obama's like, you know, he photobombed me. Yeah, he's <laughs> a photobomb. It's almost like that. I bet Dennis Rodman could get that working. <laughs> yeah, he could set that <laughs> ambassador up. Ambassador Rodman. <laughs> Our ambassador to North Korea. One more story. Yeah, that one. Okay, so that that, has... there's, one that, there's one that you need mental strength on. Oh, you do. Come on. I mean, you, you, Come buck, on! buck up Lebanon and buck up. I don't know if people in Israel are complaining or Can't not. Can't we all just get along? And really? Please. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but obviously, if you're, if you're setting up a, a kid's birthday party, maybe you can't. <sighs> this is so, sad. I sad. Know. I know. So there's a party, a bunch of five-year-olds. Uh, <laughs> Mom sets up a party. Sure. Now, the party is being held at a ski resort. Wow. Okay. Expensive. So, yeah, it's a little there, – there is a price involved. Sure. Um, and she talked with the parents of Alex Nash. Uh, this all happened in England, by the way. Uh, he's from Cornwall. He mm-hmm. was invited to a party. It was just before Christmas. And it turned out that dad didn't realize that that was the same day – that 
Alex and his, I think, sister or other sibling were to visit with their grandparents for Christmas. Yeah. So there was a change of plan. There was. They asked Alex, actually, should do you want to go to the party or do you want to visit with your grandparents? He chose to visit with his grandparents. Why wouldn't you? So, but supposedly the Nashes did not have any sort of contact information for the people throwing the party. And so they were not able to contact them and tell them that he wouldn't be there. They didn't show. They were a no-show. A few days later, they look in Alex's backpack, find a brown envelope. They open up the envelope, and there is an invoice for the cost of Alex's portion of the party. <laughs> they were invoiced. Invoiced. For the birthday party that he they did not show They were invoice-bombed, not yeah. just invoiced. Interesting. That's a big problem because how did it the is. invoice get into his bag? It went through the teacher. Ooh, co-conspirator. I don't know. It's a co-conspirator. That is, the mother supposedly gave the Mm. teacher, the teacher put it in the bag. Can we invoice our kids' friends? Oh, Yeah, I think that what this is is a revolution in how things are done. Oh, man, because I've got kids that eat at my house every day. Mm -hmm. You should try doing that. Give an invoice to their teacher and have the teacher give it, send it home with them. Sorry, your your, uh, fruit by the foot uh, bill. (laughs) Well, that's 10 fruit by the foot. Well, that's 10 feet know, of fruit. I know. Well, according to the mother throwing the party, they had her details, and so she's she sent them the invoice for £15.95. So she's mad because they didn't cancel. They couldn't yes. cancel because they didn't have her number. Yeah. And she's threatened to take him to small claims court. And and, and which wow. would cost him £60. I don't know. That's what it said in the thing. So £60... To get a 15-pound. I mean, why, why well, don't we just I, chalk I, this up to, you know. Oops. Yeah. Overage. I'm sorry. Yeah. Loss. Why can't we chalk this up to, let's teach our kids to be civil. Yeah. I mean, this poor fifth, no, five-year-old. He's not even a Five-year-old. Exactly. Five-year-old is going to have a, a breakdown because he's already in debt. He's already <laughs> in debt. Oh, see, this is why we need mental strength. And that's, yes. why, that's why today's guest is going to be so great. Amy Morin is going to be joining us. Uh, she's an LCSW and is going to uh, – has basically writ, written the book on um, on creating stronger mental – what do we call it? Character. Abilities. Abilities. How to handle and grow your own emotional health. And what not to do if you want to be mentally strong. Like invoice your son's friends. <laughs> for parties they didn't show up for. Just an idea, my friends. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk deeply about this mental strength, how to grow it, what to do, what not to do with Amy Moore. And you're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Little Pat Banatar for you. Little blast of the past. Hit me with your best shot, except uh, before you do that, let me get mentally strong because I may not be able to take an invoice for my son missing a birthday party or, you know, for a selfie that didn't go quite right. You know, life is tough, isn't it? And uh, to make it even harder, we, you know, we have all these people around us. Life wouldn't be so difficult if we didn't have to deal with so many humans. You with me, James? Yeah, seriously. I I mean, really, if we didn't have other humans... Be so much easier. Or if the other humans just knew how incredibly great we were. Or if they just did what we wanted them to do. Yes. Be so easy. See, yes. So easy. Yes. 
<sighs> anyway, that doesn't happen. Ah, uh, free will. Jeez. People with their agency and choice. Gosh. Blah, blah, blah. So we've asked our great guest today to help us, because if people aren't going to change, then maybe we need to figure out how to be mentally stronger and and be able to handle what life is going to throw at us. And there really is no better, I think, example or book to help us with this. Uh, Amy Morin is joining us, and by just through her own personal life— She's she's lost a lot of people that are dear to her. She's had people close to her diagnosed with cancer, big stuff that's happened to her. And she's had to go through this. And as an LCSW, she also, you know, kind of knew what would be healthy to, to go through it and, and how to get out of it. So she wrote a book called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Do or People Don't Do. And uh, she's going to help us take back our power and embrace change and face our fears and train our brain for happiness and success. Amy Morin's her name. Amy, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you for having me. We are honored to have you, and I think your story is profound, but I also think uh, the book, just coming from somebody that's in the know as an LCSW that's constantly working to help people with mental strength, teach us, I think it's just, you've got so much to teach us. Teach us about your story. How did you come to write the 13 things mentally strong people don't do? Yeah, you know, I started working as a therapist when I was, uh, I think I was 22, fresh out of graduate school, and was really focused on psychology, really interested in in working with other people and helping them deal with their problems. And so mental strength was something I was certainly interested in. And then um, shortly after that, um, my journey with it became personal. My mother had passed away very suddenly, unexpectedly from a brain aneurysm. And, you know, Mm. she was here one day, gone the next. Wow. And so that's when my journey first became personal. And I was had to work really hard privately on my grief while I was still publicly, publicly helping other people deal with their problems. Yeah. And then on the three-year anniversary of when she had passed away, my 26-year-old husband died of a heart attack. What? Yeah. Wow. So again, faced with how do I go through life helping other people with their problems while I'm dealing with this? You know, I wasn't... Uh, independently wealthy, I still had to get up and go to work. Yeah. And I took as much time off as I could, but uh, couldn't couldn't stay out of work forever. And I worked very hard and applied all the skills I knew to give to other people, applied them very hard to my own life to figure out how do I come out on this on the other side. And did fairly well, I think. And so a few years, um, about four years later, I had gotten remarried. Life was looking pretty good. And my new father-in-law had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. Oh, man. And unlike when I had lost my mother and my husband, this time I knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. It was a little different for me because with in their situations, I had no idea. But this time where I knew it was coming and I was dreading it, and I started to feel sorry for myself thinking, why do these things always happen to me? And, you know, how am I going to get through this again? And it was at that moment that I sat down and I wrote my list of the 13 things mentally strong people don't do. And yeah. a reminder of all the things I couldn't do if I wanted to face the inevitable with as much strength and courage as possible. Interesting. Did, did the list just flow? Did you just pump them out or did you really have to think about them? You, you know, when I sat down to write it, it certainly flowed because it was things that I think I knew. I'd just never written them all down in one place. Sure. 
same skills and things I'd been teaching people over the years and things I'd been working on. I just had never put them all down on paper. Well, and I think it's so powerful because, I mean, a lot of us, I mean, think of that. Very few people are going to go through as much as you went through in such a short amount of time. But then you also, meanwhile, were counseling, right? So you, you, you are also trying to implement certain skills and help people understand and create awareness and get through it on their own. So the convergence of your life and your theory, uh, you know, it's something we all probably need to learn. What, what are, uh, what, just maybe start taking us through, what are some of these things that mentally strong people don't do? And to me, it's interesting, you're telling us what not to do, but, I mean, there's just certain things that we would do naturally that we probably aren't going to make us mentally healthy. Yeah, I tell people, you know, it's a lot like physical strength. If you wanted to become physically stronger, maybe you'd go to the gym and you'd work out and you'd have some good habits. But you'd also have to give out bad habits. You'd have to stop eating junk food, for example. Yep. And mental strength is much the same. We need to have good habits, but we also have to get rid of some of our bad habits. And so often we hear things like, you know, think positive or look on the bright side or keep trying hard. But you can do those things all day long, but if you also have these bad habits, they'll hold you back from making any progress. Right. And this is really the thoughts, behaviors, and feelings that we're all prone to sometimes, but you need to give them up if you want to move forward. And and the first one that you always talk about is waste time feeling sorry for yourself. I mean, it, it's I guess there's a certain amount of time you need, right? And then, or, or is is and is any time that you're feeling sorry for yourself kind of a waste? Well, I think there's a big difference between being sad or or feeling bad for the situation that you're in and self pity. Yeah, self pity will really hold us back because it's when we when we indulge ourselves in self-pity, it's really over-exaggerating how bad our situation is and convincing ourselves, I deserve better, this isn't fair, that all these things shouldn't be happening to me. And when we get stuck in that, it breeds this inactivity. Rather than getting up and going and fixing the situation or changing our attitude, we get stuck focused on why it shouldn't be, life shouldn't be the way that it is. And yeah. it really keeps us stuck there. Well, it seems like, yeah, then all of a sudden you're arguing with reality. I mean, it doesn't matter why you should or you shouldn't be, you're here. Right. So quit talking about the coulds and shoulds. Let's just start dealing with it. Exactly. You know, you don't have to like the situation to accept it. But you just say, it is what it is, and what am I going to do about it? But, I mean, I sit there and I think of your husband, a 26-year-old guy. I mean, you married this guy thinking, okay, we're in forever. Let's do this. And then, I mean, that that's, then there's just the reality, too, I guess, of the loneliness of it. Yeah, and thinking, this isn't fair at 26. If yeah. you guys have a heart attack at 26, you yeah. didn't have any history of heart problems that we'd known of. Right. And so then, sure, all those thoughts of this shouldn't be this way, and how am I going to deal with it? And, you know, I'd sort of come to this place of thinking, okay, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, and I'm going to be, you know, widowed, and I'll um, figure out how to go through this, but... Um, Lots of emotion, for sure. And oh, yeah. so I had to give myself permission to feel all those emotions, but also then to not stay stuck. Yeah. Tell myself that I couldn't, you know, feel sorry for myself for the next 70 years if I'm fortunate to live that long, but that I wouldn't be doing anybody any favors if I stayed that way. Which is interesting. I guess that goes to the next uh, The next don't is don't give your power away. I mean, you could, I mean, here you are, a young woman, and yet you're still thinking, I'm going to be an old hag. No one will, I'll never get married. But all of a sudden, 
I mean, I just sit there that you have all the power to still remarry and you did remarry. Talk more about giving away their power. When, when, when things go wrong, how do we give away our power? So often I think we blame other people for the way that we think or the way that we feel or behave. And we say, you know, my boss makes me feel bad about myself. Or right. I have to do all these things in life. Well, in reality, you know, to say, no, nobody's going to make me feel anything. You could be in control of your emotions. And other people might do things that influence the way you feel, but we can still take ownership for those emotions. Or there may be consequences for the choices we make in life. Maybe your boss says, you need to work late. Well, you don't have to work late. Instead, we're still making a choice. Maybe yeah. the consequence is your job's in jeopardy, but you don't have to do it. And sometimes just recognizing that, that um, being fortunate enough to be an adult who lives in a free world, we make all these choices in life, and we have the opportunity to do that. And just owning that, that we can make the choices we want and create the kind of life we want despite the people and the circumstances around us. When you... Um when you kind of went through your stuff, do you remember that being kind of an active choice in your head? Like, okay, I got to get going. Or did it just kind of happen more naturally? You just started doing stuff. You know, there was a nagging voice in the back of my head that was saying, all right, get going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then it was really, you know, listening to that and saying, okay, I can do this and having the confidence to say, I've got to get moving, whether I feel like it or not. You know, uh-huh. otherwise I'd probably still be laying in bed and feeling sorry for myself if oh, I yeah. didn't, didn't do what was, you know, contrary to the way that I felt. It's interesting because I, um, you're justified, and this is, I guess, what's different, isn't it? You're justified to to have been kind of felt victimized by life, and so that's all justified, the death of a husband, the death of a mom, the death of a, or the diagnosis of a future, or a father-in-law, that's all justified, but it doesn't change reality, does it? So even if it's justified frustration, it's still your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we often think that when we think, well, my circumstances really are that bad or that warrants it or they shouldn't be happening. And, and even if other people agree with us, it still doesn't do us any good to stay stuck. Right. Yeah. Either way, you're still stuck. <laughs> right. You're just Real or still imagined stuck. injustice. That's doesn't right. matter. <laughs> it's so true. We're uh, talking with Amy Morin, LCSW. If you go to her website, amymorinlcsw.com, you can get more information about her. She's got some great YouTube videos there as well, talking about her story. Also, go check out her book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. We're going to take a break, come back, give you a few more of those. Like, they don't shy away from change, for heaven's sakes. They don't worry about pleasing everybody. Strength, that's what we're trying to figure out here on the Matt Townsend Show. Mental strength. More when we come back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That's my anthem for James coming back. There ain't no mountain high enough, James. There ain't no mountain, there ain't no valley low enough to keep me from getting to you. Let's sing it. Let's sing it together. You sing one part, I'll sing the other. Mountain high high enough. enough. Ain't no no river cold enough. um, Ain't no mousetrap strong enough. No, sing it, Matt. Hey, um, good to have you back. 
That's great to see. You know what I've missed the most, James, is your head bob. Oh, yeah? You don't even know you do it. It's kind of a twitchy thing, but when the music starts playing, you start head bobbing. <laughs> it's pretty neat. And then your headset kind of starts flopping around on your head. <laughs> and we've missed that. We've missed that a lot. Our guest, Amy Morin, is standing by. you got to go to her website, Amy Morin, M-O-R-I-N-L-C-S-W.com. And Amy wrote the book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do, Like We Don't Sing on the Radio. <laughs> Dummy. But she actually wrote even a better book than that, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And she's trying to walk us through some of those specific things that we need to not do in order to heal and move on when life throws us some curveballs. Amy Morin, welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Hey, did you hear that song? I did. It's profound, huh? Definitely. Do you have any comments or thoughts about it? Well, your singing was pretty good. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did, yep. Yeah. That, you know, it's just something I do on the weekends. <laughs> it's something I do on the weekends. Hey, Amy, um, tell us some more. Give us more of the things we shouldn't do. If we're going to be mentally strong, it's easy to get kind of sucked into the crazy things of the world. But you, we've already kind of talked about we don't give away our power. Don't do that. Don't waste time feeling sorry for yourself. The third one is don't shy away from change. I mean, you were you even said it. You're worried like, now what? Now what? How old were you when your husband passed away? I was 26 as well. I mean, what is a 26-year-old woman now supposed to do? Exactly. So I was faced with figuring out, okay, where do I, where do I go? Yeah. You know, the goals that he and I had together, are those goals I want to continue? Which ones do I want to still pursue? And what don't I want to do? And, you know, to be honest, that was a huge challenge. That's a big because, deal, huh? Because yeah. what part of him, what part of you was you? Right. You exactly. kind of had to weed through that. Right. We had been, you know, for example, we've been foster parents. And so I mm. thought, you know, do as a single parent, what I still was that something I would want to do? And I did it for a while. And, uh, you know, but other things I had to give up. He, we had a boat. I don't know how to drive a boat. Yeah. I didn't care to drive a boat. So we sold the boat. So, <laughs> I sold the boat because it just wasn't something that I thought that I would want to do. But just figuring that out now, okay, what are my goals now that my life has changed? What do I want to do differently? And you say don't shy away from change. Change is going to happen, but I guess you're saying the mentally strong kind of take it on. Right. Often it's our our fear of anxiety. So we know, okay, my comfort zone is where, I, where I'm calm and relaxed. Stepping outside my comfort zone means I'm going to face some anxiety. Yeah. And we dread that. We fear that. We often think it's going to be worse than it is. And we think even if we're in a bad situation, it's easy to say, well, this is bad, but it could get worse if I do something different. Sure. We talk ourselves into, into just doing the exact same thing over and over again so that we don't have to embrace change. And you know, over time, a lot of times as a therapist, I'll have couples who will come into my office and one will say, you know, my husband isn't the same man I married 30 years ago, to which my response <laughs> is usually, that's great. Right. Over 30 years, I would hope you would change and grow <laughs> and become a new person. But it's so true. So often, you know, I think we dig in our heels and say, no, I just want, I want the world to stay exactly the way it is today. Right. And yet, um, I guess that's what keeps us from... We don't want to be exactly the same. I mean, we, 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 most of us would want some sort of change, but you're saying, I guess, the fear of it is really the bigger impediment than the actual change itself. Often it is. It can be a huge barrier to doing anything different, and, and then we'll talk ourselves out of it as well. 
And, you know, even if we just took New Year's resolutions as an example, how many people set a New Year's resolution? And we know that the vast majority of New Year's resolutions have already gone out the window. totally. (laughs) The third week in January. (laughs) So despite our ability to say, yeah, I want to do something different, we don't actually follow through. So true. Another one you say is to focus on things that they they can't control. Don't focus on things you can't control. I mean, the life, life's filled with enough things that you can control. You don't need to focus on things you can't control. Right, which is easy for some people. It's much easier said than done that we worry about the storm coming. We worry about the storm. Well, rather than take steps to prepare for the storm, we're still wishing it wouldn't come. Yeah. I think we do a lot of that in life where we worry about our competitor rather than focusing on what can I do to do better, we're thinking, oh, no, they're going to outdo me, and we waste energy worrying about that. Yeah. Did you ever think, I mean, I I just think of how you had to have, you you remarried. Like, when you think of that compared to where your mind was back then after losing your husband, you did what you thought you wouldn't do, and you, you did it pretty handily, and I'm sure you didn't do it worrying about everything you can't control. Right. I had to very much say, okay, you know what, can I control? And some days it felt like not much, but right. I had to do everything I could just to deal with the things I could control. It's a, it really is a great lesson. And I, I mean, it's, I, I guess in the end, it's one thing to talk about it in a book, but, and you having lived it, it's just everybody out there in listener land is going through little steps of their own, you know, their own difficult lives. They need to have they they need the book. They need at least one of these ideas of the book at any on any given day. Yeah, I think all of us, you know, have a the ability to grow stronger. I think it's the journey again. I certainly don't claim to be strong enough. I think it's still every day something I'm going to work toward and even just having this list as a reminder to remind myself, oops, Amy, you're doing that. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. I can say, what am I going to do differently? That it's a it's a journey and a constant struggle to get better. Another one you mentioned is to worry. Don't worry about pleasing everyone. I mean, yeah, that's a I big think... deal, especially around death, too, because, you know, we have in-laws, we have extended family, we have the expectations of the neighbors and your kids. There's a right. lot of people we want to please. Right. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, when I first went on a date and I had to tell my in-laws, hey, by the way. Oh. <laughs> right. And, you know, they've been very great. In fact, you know, they've sort of adopted my, my husband Have now. They? I still spend holidays with them and um, do lots of family activities, and I couldn't ask for anything better. But throughout it all, I had to figure out, okay, what do I do? It's not my job to try to make anybody else happy. I certainly mm-hmm. don't have control over that. And and it's not a, a selfish thing to say it's about making me happy, but it's about figuring out what are my values and how do I behave according to my values, sure. even if those values don't necessarily please everybody else, that's okay. As yeah. long as I, I know that I'm doing what's right and what I feel like I need to do for my life. When it sounds like, as you've handled this in a more mentally strong way, you've created a condition where everybody can heal, where where now you can actually have your new husband and your old hus- your, your deceased husband's family involved in one dinner, in one event, and you know they can continue and keep some hope alive. Yeah, that's just it. And, you know, the um, when we were facing my what should have been my husband's 27th birthday for the first year after he passed away, we were trying to figure out, what do you do on that day? Yeah, oh, I love and this. I, yeah, talk about this. And I didn't, you know, I thought, I don't want to go to work that day because it's going to be a hard day, but 
otherwise I'm going to sit home by myself and what, stare at the wall? Uh-huh. And so I had said to my mother-in-law, what do you think? You know, do you have any idea what we should do that day? And she said, have you ever thought about skydiving? And here's a woman in her 50s. And she's completely serious. <laughs> she's said, crazy. You know, no. Yeah. And and so that's what we did is, as a family. We jumped out of an airplane that day. What? And decided that, you know, my first husband, Lincoln, was this adventurous kind of guy who loved life. So we said, you know, what a better way to honor him. He would have loved that. Adventures. And so we still do that tradition today. The entire family gets together. And my current husband, Steve, goes with us. Really? And we've been shark diving. And we've, we've got his 88-year-old grandmother was ziplining with us a few years oh, ago. Oh, my heavens. And and we rode mules into the Grand Canyon, and we take flying trapeze lessons. But every year we look at, okay, what's you know some sort of crazy family adventure we can go on and get as many of us as we can to go do it. And it's really turned into a day that we enjoy rather than a day that we dread. Is this where you call it, uh, don't fear taking calculated risks? Yes, that's another thing is to say, you know, what can we do to to go on an adventure? We're going to scare ourselves, but at the same time to know, okay, this is is a risk, you know, both physically, but also emotionally it was a risk to say, we're going to get out there and we're going to do something and, and do something different than we normally would and see how it goes. And it's just it turned into a wonderful thing, and I think um, so happy that we did it. It sounds like there's this theme between all of this that is about fear. We are just so fear-based, aren't we? And I guess that, that's what probably is mentally warping us. Yeah, and I think our we doubt our ability to to deal with things, and we're usually stronger than we than we know. But we convince ourselves, oh, I can't handle that; it will be uncomfortable. Yeah. But if we put ourselves out there and say it's okay, and anxiety's not going to kill me, or to be afraid of something is okay, but that I can stand it. After a while, you build more confidence in your ability to to handle that. And I think when it comes to taking risks. Often we think, well, if I feel scared, it must be really risky, so mm-hmm. I won't do it. But our level of fear doesn't necessarily correlate to the level of risk. That's right. Our the data are irrational sometimes. Isn't that interesting? So I always joke, but it's a it's a truism. Don't always trust what you're feeling, because sometimes your body will just make it seem risky, dangerous, scary. Don't do it, and yet it might be the exact step you need to take. Exactly. And and sometimes I guess that's where faith comes in, right? The faith has to just, and even faith in just the data. I mean, you know, the likelihood of you dying, jumping out of this airplane right now, it's only one in three. No, it's probably not that. It's not that bad. But, right, I think we had a better chance of dying on the car ride there. You probably did. Jumping out of the plane. But oh, yeah, for sure. sometimes it's thinking logically about, wait a minute, you know, yeah. what, what are the chances? And it makes you feel alive again. And sometimes that chemistry can reignite your life to make you realize you're human. And this is life is good. And that was fun. And the more we risk, the more we might be able to create a better life for ourselves. It's powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think just making those conscious de- decisions of what can I do to make my life a little bit better can just go carry us forward when we're willing to do them. So true. Uh, her name is Amy Morin. We're going to take a break, Amy, and come back. She's discussing her book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. How to take pack your power, embrace change, face your fears, and train your brain for happiness and success great lessons for all of us that just have to deal with the day-to-day. It doesn't always have to be the death of a loved one. Sometimes it's simply just getting an invoice from your child's, uh, the birthday party that your child didn't go to. 
Life is tough, my friends. We're giving you the tools right here on the Matt Townsend Show to make it through with a smile and hopefully a little healthier mental attitude. We're taking a break. We'll be right back right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Brave. Oh, that's a great song. you got to be brave. And nothing is harder to be brave about than just being mentally strong when everyone around you is falling apart. You know, whether it's a tragedy in the family, a death, or a child that is falling away and you're losing them and they're not making the right decisions. How do you not just get sucked in and become, uh, you know, a mental, a mentally weak individual that might even end up creating more problems for yourself? Our guest today, Amy Morin, is joining us. She's the author of the book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And it comes from her own personal story where her mom died. Her husband died at 26 years of age. She lost her husband and remarried, and her father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer. Things just kind of lined up to throw a bunch of curveballs at uh, Amy, and yet in in the midst of all this, she was also an LCSW, a counselor, working with people, helping them be mentally strong. So she put together the list, 13 things mentally strong people don't do. Welcome back to the show, Amy. Thank you. You've been a hit. You've been on all the big shows. Now you're on the Matt Townsend Show. That's right. (laughs) So look where this got you. Another challenge for you emotionally. That's right. Um, hey, uh, let's go through a few more of your 13. Um, one of the things that I find a lot of people have the, have a hard time getting over is letting go of the past. We keep, we just keep dwelling on it. We keep going back there. I had a guy uh, that was that was divorcing that was a client of mine, and he must have asked me, why? Why is she doing this? At least, seriously, a hundred times. Oh, and, and even to this day when I see him, he still comes up and smiles, and he's like, why? And he's remarried, and I'm like, get over it. But um, why do we want to go to the past so much when it's, when it's painful? You know, I think that it depends. I think that um, there's two sorts of ways that people end up dwelling on the past. For a lot of people, it is. It's some sort of difficult circumstance, and then it's really hard to move on. And for other people, it's that they romanticize the past, mm. and they feel like their best memories are behind them, and they're afraid to move forward because they think, well, you know, life's only going to get worse from here. And and I think to make peace with the past is about being able to just leave it behind and say, okay, that that happened, and figure out why is it that I'm struggling with it, and you can reflect on it, but that's different than dwelling. People that dwell just really get stuck, like you said, for people who if they had a divorce or they had something rough that happened, that they just can't let go of that. Mm-hmm. The hurt and the anger is just right under the surface at, at all times. And for me personally, after losing people in my life, I didn't want to move forward because my memories of them were in the past, and somehow it felt like I was being disloyal. Yeah. It was a betrayal to me. Unfaithful. Forward. Right. And so I had to give myself permission, you know, to be able to say, it's okay, and I can move forward. And um, there's a story in my book about throwing away my husband's toothbrush. It took me two years to throw it away mm. because it felt like it was somehow a betrayal to him to get yeah. rid of his toothbrush, which is, on a logical level, completely ridiculous. Sure. Yeah. But there was this emotional level that I just couldn't do it. And 
And so I think to figure out, okay, why is it that I'm holding on to these things and what do I need to do to let go? Hmm. And it's a little different for everybody, but to figure out whether it's you need to forgive somebody or that you need to accept that that happened and maybe it wasn't fair, but to be able to move forward anyway and stop ruminating on it. Often our heads, we allow ourselves to keep thinking and replaying and rehashing things that aren't good for us. You bet. So to be able to let it go so you can enjoy the present and plan for the future is something that we really need to do to be mentally strong. Well, and it sounds like, uh, I mean, you even having the, the tradition every year on his birthday of doing something kind of riskier, crazier, that can even replace it, some of this, because you always know we're still celebrating him. There, there's still going to be a space and a time and a place where he's going to occupy our mind. So maybe you can let go of the past if you have something in the future. Right, to know that there was a way to honor his memory without staying stuck in the past and trying to pretend as if the rest of the world weren't moving forward. Yeah, I absolutely had to come to that conclusion and to know that it was okay to move forward. And even though he wasn't going to be moving forward with me, I could still make that choice to move forward on my own. And you obviously did it. You have a husband now, and you're moving forward, and... It doesn't negate the goodness of what you went through. I mean, it actually just it just it makes it better. It makes you're better because of your your first husband. Absolutely. So to come to that conclusion to say, and you know, like even with my mom, I wish she would have lived to be um, for a lot longer. But to say how fortunate I am to have had her for 23 years, and to have had my husband in my life for as long as I had him, that I'm a better person for having met him. And although Mm. I wished it would have been longer, reality was I can look at it a couple different ways, but to remind myself that I'm fortunate to have had him in my life, even though it was for a short window, and to have not have had him at all. It always is interesting to me to think, I mean, if we could have your mom back, isn't that the advice she'd give you anyway? And if we had your husband back, he'd, he'd give you that same advice. Move on. Right, and I knew that, like you know, on a logical level, yeah, you get happy that. for me, mm-hmm. but to really believe it and to give uh-huh, myself and do permission it. to do it was two different things. It's interesting. It really, it always seems to be that way, huh? It's getting yeah. the mind is one thing we get it cognitively, but we, I guess, some of these things we don't do that we should be doing better. They're just so. I guess they're more subconscious, aren't they? Where right. our, our our mind is trying to hang on to this stuff, you know, in a way that we're not even cognitively aware of. Right, and so sometimes it's about saying, I'm going to move forward or I'm going to do something different, even though I don't feel like it. And like you said before, it's that leap of faith of it's, it's the right thing to do and I can do this. Yeah. It's, um, it's also interesting. I could see a lot of people say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to get out there and date other people. And they, you know, after losing their spouse. And they go try it, but then they give up after their first failure. Oh, that didn't work. Only losers out here. I knew it. I'll never find. So one of your rules is don't give up after the first failure. Right. You know, how often do things work out the very first time? Usually yeah. not. Usually it doesn't work out that no, way, right? it doesn't. And I think if if we were really successful the first time we tried anything, we probably wouldn't appreciate it that much. It's just it's when we failed and then we've tried and we tried again and we've learned from our failure. And when you conquer something, how much better it feels to know, okay, I did it. Yeah. Um, rather than it was just a stroke of luck the first time. And so to figure out when we do fail, well, what went wrong? What could I do differently? And it goes back to the one that's before that, too, about making mistakes. And yeah. we learn from our mistakes. I think so often we try to hide mistakes or we're ashamed of them. And same with failure, that often we're embarrassed when we fail and we mm-hmm. don't want anybody to know. 
so rather than try again and risk failing again, we just sort of like try to sneak away without anybody noticing. But it's, yeah, la 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 we, la, right? Pretend right. like that if didn't happen. Be successful to just face it head on and know that if you fail, that's okay. You know, I I think that is so powerful too because. I guess that's you dealing with your inner fear of failure, of looking bad. Uh, one, another one that I think is so apropos to just life and what I see with every day and myself even is just fearing alone time. You know, when you're alone, there's a lot of things you can think of. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's almost like we'd rather fill our lives up with a bunch of junk instead of have to just be real and think. That's just it. I think in technology, of course, makes it so easy that we can always have noise on, whether it's the TV or our phones are always going off or whatever it might be, so that we don't have to spend 30 seconds alone with our thoughts. And so I think sometimes people will say, well, I'm not afraid to be alone. I'm home alone all the time, but they've got the TV on or they've yeah. got music playing in the background. But to just be alone in silence and think about, okay, how am I doing and what do I want to do differently? I I love it. I I can't tell you, again, and the mere fact that you've lived it, I think, makes it even more valuable to all of us. Um, We have about a minute or so. Why don't you just tell us, of everything you've learned, and then, too, just going out and teaching about it and talking about it on the radio and everywhere you've been, what what have you become? By, By not letting these things stop you and not doing these things, what what are you becoming? How is it, how are you different having gone through the trial and then been mentally strong through it? You know, my, I guess, several things. My confidence with myself and my life and my um, steadfast knowledge that I'm doing okay and that I'll be okay and, and that it doesn't necessarily the small things in life. If I fail at one thing or if I'm successful at something else, my self-worth is still here regardless of the ups and downs in life. And to know that it's okay, and the little things, like if I were, I used to be terrified of public speaking. Yeah. I, I could do that now with barely batting an eyelash, because I know it's okay. The yeah. fear of rejection isn't that bad. Yeah, you'll be fine. Right. And so in the grand scheme of things, those little things certainly don't worry about anymore. Well, I appreciate your strength and your willingness to tell the story. Again, um, I guess the best place to get the book is, they can just go to your website, Amy Morin, L-S-C- L-C-S-W, Amy Morin, M-O-R-I-N, L-C-S-W.com. But I guess they can get it anywhere else, Amazon, places like that? Yes, Target, Walmart, all the bookstores should have it. It's out there. Amy, so appreciate you and uh, looking forward to much, uh, much success from you. You're going to continue writing, I'm assuming. I hope so. Keep it up, Amy. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Good to have you on the show and great lessons. The 13 things mentally strong people don't do. Powerful stuff. We're going to take a break, my friends. Come back and we're going to get into the coach's corner. I'm going to give you my take on maybe some things you shouldn't do. We'll have to see. We're also going to continue to investigate James and the reappearance of James. Bird's all. He's back. Back in black. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. It's my life. It's now or never. I ain't gonna live forever. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show second hour. Different than the first. Coach's Corner. Matt Townsend in the office. A little bit louder. A little bit. Oh, no. That's second verse, not second hour. Sorry. Yeah. Same as the first. 
James is in the house, showed up today. Yep, I decided to wander into the studio. Let's just make this clear, James. Um, as you know, one, along with Sean, who have we've raised you since you were a pup. Mm-hmm. You owe us at least a call that says, I'm alive, I'm well. Okay, I apologize for that. Do you know how many nights Sean went to bed crying, not knowing where little Jaime did, did you cry a lot, Sean? Oh, <laughs> the, he just motioned the zero. For those to of you that aren't watching the simulcast, Sean just motioned zero. Such a loving caregiver. Uh, yes, exactly. It's because he doesn't have the courage to cry. I knew he was safe. Did you? Yes, I did. You felt it. It's it's your producer intuition. Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's good to have you back. And you and McConkey are uh, still friends. Fantastic. Oh yeah. And life is good. Yeah, we're best of friends. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, did you listen to our earlier segment with Amy Morin? Uh, yes. You know, she's an expert, and she's been teaching us about the 13 things mentally strong people don't do. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I'm sitting here thinking what this is about is character. Yes. Right? So we have to learn to grow character, and character isn't something we're teaching our kids anymore. I would agree. You know what I mean? It's just... We used to not have to teach it because they had to get up before they went to school and milk the cows. Mm-hmm. Now we don't milk cows. Well, we don't. Well, then during harvest season, you'd have to work from dawn till dusk. Don Sterling? That's true. Don yeah, Shaline. Don Sterling. Mm-hmm. Into- you'd have to work because that's the only way to get the crops in. Exactly. It took character. We don't have that. Now my children don't even have to read the book for their class. You're kidding. They can watch a movie, they think. Spark Notes. Oh, please, no. Spark Notes. No. You don't even need character anymore. But I'm telling you, we got to get back to character. I agree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When was the last time you milked a cow, Sean? Uh, I do that every day when I come to work, kind of. Not li- literally, but... You, figured, you figuratively milk cows. Yes. I didn't want to go there. <laughs> You just lost me. But I didn't want to go there. Well, I work. You work as if – as if, Yes. And you're trying to milk something to get something out of You try to milk this show. Well, I'm doing work to provide for my family. You put your shoulder to there the wheel, go. so to speak. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Push along. Uh, when I was a kid, I'm the only kid I knew that would milk a goat. Well, and then the guy – I didn't have my own goat. I had to borrow a goat. <laughs> I had to borrow a goat – I had a neighbor friend that had a goat. Just he, for, did you make cheese? Yeah, just for the sake of making of no, milking. The I don't goat? know why he had the goat. He had a goat. But why did you milk why, it? Yeah, why did you borrow because a goat? He was going out of town. <laughs> he, okay, so you he, were looking he, after the he goat. Tom Sawyer. Oh, okay. Me. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. He, yes. he talked me into milking his goat. But it's a nightmare. What did it do for you? Well, it got it kicked me in the shin. <laughs> and that's where you oh, got no, your no. character. The milking and of the goat, not not the goat itself. Have you ever milked a goat? Not a chance. I mean, if, honestly, this is weird. I understand you actually have to have to sit on top of the goat. Well, yeah, we had a little stand we mm-hmm. put him in. But the hard part is you got to catch him. <laughs> then you got to rope him to get a rope around his head. Then you got to get his head into the little stand and then you can go to, you can milk him while he's kicking you how fun <laughs> and the whole thing by the way when my friend did it he, it was seamless he's just like all you got to do is you just walk over watch this just watch me and he walked over to the goat it didn't move 
Well, it's because the goat knew him. Well, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he was beating the goat. Mm. And then he just took it, and it just walked. I don't know if that's the goat and the name, the sound it makes. And it yep. got on the yep. stand, hopped right up. He fed it. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. That looks easy. That's easy. I can do that. How long are you going to be gone? He's like, only 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> only 10 days. And you only, oh. you only need to milk him twice a day. And you got to do the whole fence twice. Yeah, <laughs> twice a day. Easy. No yeah. problem. Yeah. So first day I got there to milk the goat, and this goat was like not wanting it. What the heck are you doing So by here? the end of the 10 days, how many fractures did you have in your leg? <laughs> well, I day two I wore shin guards. <laughs> oh, good call. Which made it harder to run. But you know what I realized is this goat's not going anywhere. So, But he, I never asked him enough questions because there was never any negative repercussions. Like mm-hmm. if I had mm-hmm. tried to do it myself the first time, I would have learned a lot. But I, he did it, and he just showed me how to do it. I knew I could milk it once I got it cornered and trapped. But he, that goat never kicked. Well, so I assumed I was milking him wrong, and then I'm like, well, maybe he just doesn't want to be, you know, milked. Like, at what point does a goat get to choose? And I realized, well, never, never. Yeah. Apparently, they don't have agency because <laughs> I wasn't going to milk it. And I went and told my mom. I walked home. I'm not going to. I'm not going to milk it. It doesn't want to be milked. It's ticked. And she's like, it has to be milked. Get back over there and milk yep. that goat. But I learned a ton of character. And Amy Morin's trying to teach us mentally we've got to have the same character. Everything on her list demands character. Don't give your power away. Don't shy away from change. Don't focus on things you can't control. It's like putting a crying baby to sleep, you know, that they yeah. they will not go to sleep even though that's exactly what they need. Yeah. Ugh, that except this is a goat. Yeah, yeah. Except it's, I mean, it's different. But kind of the same. Yeah. Goat, kids, same yeah. thing. And then, you know the tragedy of it all? What? Guess what I did with the milk? What? Threw it away. Oh, no. Yeah, I wasn't going to drink it. Why? It had goat milk hair is great. It. Oh, okay. It was disgusting. It was disgusting. So I actually took it down and fed it to the dogs. Okay. So I was basically milking a goat for a dog. But what I learned, I was the only neighbor that learned character. There you go. Okay. I also was the only neighbor that hated this kid <laughs> hated him he came back he didn't even call like you'd think you'd call hey how's the goat didn't call he probably had like class or 10 something. days yeah no he didn't have class he was they were on a family vacation oh, okay. like disneyland who has time to call when you're at disneyland though well if you loved your goat okay that's true but Good he point. didn't call Anyway, so why I'm saying this is when it comes down to it we've got to figure out a way to help our kids become more character-driven. Covey used to call it, Stephen Covey used to call it, character versus personality. Personality is when you can just use your, you know, your charms and your good looks, your rugged, your rugged good looks, James. Yes. You know how you mm-hmm. always do that? Like, when you do something wrong, you always just smile and, yeah. Yeah, wink a little bit. Yeah, you wink. Yeah. Hmm. That's me winking. Was that a wink? Yeah, that was a wink. Sounded like a whip. Yeah. Same thing? Yeah. Weird. Those are some big eyes <laughs> to make a whip mark, whip sound like that. But um, again, uh, you can't just talk your way out of it. You can't schmooze your way out of some things. Like there's a point where me talking nice to the goat wasn't going to work. I had to like get the goat going, you know. But the goat, you know, got my goat. And your leg. And my leg, yeah. And my calf. Your self-confidence. My self-confidence. By the end, you'd think it would get better. No. 
It was just a bad, bad relationship. Personality ethic is what Stephen said. It's kind of the world is moving to more of a personality kind of ethic where you can get away with just, you know, smiling, laughing, winking it off. But that doesn't work in the real life. In real life, you got to still get up. You got to get over there. You got to milk the goat before you go do your fun time. There you go. Same thing, by the way, for the mentally strong. Um, how would it be if we could just go through this life where we didn't have to have a trial? It's just not going to happen. Uh, by the way, one of our great guests ever on the show, do you remember um, Becky Lockhart was on the show? Yes, I yeah. do remember Becky Lockhart. Yeah. I, w- I was unfortunately on vacation the day that she was here. Stan and Becky Lockhart. Becky Lockhart was a Utah legislator. It was the, the, the first woman speaker, speaker of the House. House. And uh, did an incredibly great job there. Was maybe going to run for governor. After she she announced her retirement from politics, came on the show with her husband, Stan. They were trying to figure out what they were going to do with life. Life was great. And then about November, I think she was on probably last summer. Yeah. And then about November. Was it July? Yeah. And then in about November, uh, all of a sudden, she just started getting dizzy and... Lo and behold, uh, was diagnosed with a rare degenerative brain disorder. Yeah, and passed away last week. Last weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Remember, really she sad. was she was talking to us about you know being a good citizen. Yep. Life's not easy, but you got to work and you got to give back and serve your community. And and she anyway, did. Our thoughts and prayers are with the their family. I mean, really, Stan Lockhart, great man, and Becky Lockhart, a great. We've lost a great citizen, but again, somebody that understood character. It's all about the character. So our prayers go out with them, and uh, we're going to take a break and come back. Who and guess who's going to come mess with our brains? Who? Meg Conley. Oh boy, she's in the house, and you know how that goes. She's on the phone. Actually. She's actually on the phone. Yeah. She's getting too good to come in. Yeah, I know. She's like, I've got other phone calls. Mm-hmm. Right. Anyway. We'll be right back. More uh, on this concept of character, growing your strength, and a little Meg Conley to top it off. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. This uh, is the music specifically asked for by our next guest, Meg Conley, in the house. It's by Queen, and it's for the Queen. Or is Meg the King? I can't remember. Meg Conley from MegInProgress.com. She is uh, she is the senior contributor on the Matt Townsend Show. She you also made that up, Matt. I did not. It's right here. Yes, you did. It's senior contributor. If you were right, if you were sitting here, you would see it. <laughs> I know I'm not. I'm sorry. What, what is your deal? You. What would be more important you know, than being I here? An, I had another radio interview at three thirty. Oh please! So I wasn't going to be able to do that interview and get to you guys in time. So I had to. I had to phone it in. Yeah. Literally. Another radio interview. I know. So I'm you're seeing. Popular. You're seeing other shows. Yep, a little bit. Are you scared? Are you nervous? Well, I just thought we had something. I thought we did too, Matt. Come thought on. we had something special. 
<laughs> and yet here you are just trampsing around with all the other shows. You know what? I just figured if someone else wants it for free, I might as well just give it to them. So. Wow. Wow. Awkward. Hey, Meg, uh, here's the deal. You, yes. you, uh, you're, you're getting big. Your blog, uh, it's now a two-a-day blog, two times a week blog. <laughs> Two to three times a week, Matt. Two to three times a week, what? if you so anybody can go there, they just go to megimprogress.com. Yes. And if it's up, then that's one of the days that it's up. Yes, uh, it's usually exactly. up two to three days a week. Yeah, if, if you're lucky. Yeah. If I've paid the internet bill. Yeah. Well, I'm glad because you're changing the world. Oh, no. But, you know, we do what we can to pretty up the corner of it that we're in, right? Yes, that's so true. So, and and so, so I'm working on my corner. Yeah. Well, and speak, yeah. speaking of corners, um, <laughs> y- your house, it's okay. You, you're fixing everything up. Have you got the door the doorknob fixed? That was one of our big discussions. Yeah, is that, you know what? I put, I put some doorknobs in. Did you? Pretty pretty excited about that. What, uh, what, what type? What era? You know, they're like, I don't know, they're metal. Mid, kind of mid-century. Looking. Oh, metal chromies. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say mid-century-ish. Yeah. If a doorknob can be. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. uh, does it lock? Is it a working doorknob now? Yeah, it locks. We have a lock on our bedroom door for the first time in Great. seven years. Well, Pretty excited about that. Yeah, on behalf of your children and all of the other people in the neighborhood, <laughs> we are grateful. Everybody's everybody's pretty excited. It's a pretty big day at the Bingham Conley <laughs> Bingham House. It's, it's, a, it's a big deal. Um, so today you were going to talk to us about cra- five crazy things we should all keep doing every day. Yeah, here's the thing. Like, there's so much emphasis on finding rationality, right. which I think is great, but we're crazy. And I think that you lose a little bit of your essence if you focus too much on being reasonable. Interesting. So you want, you're saying we need, to, we need to live a little bit more on the edgy, crazy side than we do just kind of the predictable uh, yes. kind of dull side. Yes, if at all possible. And I think that by doing that, we're able to connect with like our deeper selves, not take life too seriously. Yeah. Just, um, but it seems like you, you'd get used to random. This is random, right? I mean, or are these the same things we do every day? Well, I think that some of these are things that we're already doing every day. Yeah. Like, like, for example, okay, this is something that I do every day. Um, probably no one else does. But I would encourage them when I think something um, either too negative or too high and mighty about myself, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're always on one, like, we find ourselves on one end or the other of that spectrum pretty often, right? Right. I, I say the thing that I've thought about myself out loud. And if it's you, something that I can hear yeah. without shaking my head or laughing, then, then maybe it's true. Oh, interesting. So, like, Most of the time, when I feel the need to say what I've thought out loud, it's a self-check, yeah. because I've either been too critical or... Um, too high and mighty. Yeah. I, I tend towards the critical, but we all can think that we're too good for things at well, times, So right? let's take example, today for example, because you, yes. here you have two radio shows kind of booked back to back. Sure, right. So it'd be easy for you to think, oh, I'm the bomb. Right, right. I am right. in demand. Right, but if, 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 I, if I say that out loud, and so this is what I do, I imagine that I'm overhearing what I'm saying. Like, okay. someone's saying this about me and I'm around the corner overhearing it. Yeah. So I roll my eyes at it. Yeah, me say if I were, I didn't think this today, but if I was like, I am so in demand, I deserve a lot of whatever, money, taquitos. Gummy bears. 
Right, whatever it is. Sure. I say that out loud, but like I'm really like in the middle of cleaning my dirty kitchen and my kids are yelling at me. Like, yeah. well, maybe not. That might not be a fact based, you know, that might not be something based in fact. Yeah. So, but, but I. I, I tend towards the towards the hypercritical rather than the hyper So you would say more I like that that, I think that that's what we really need to keep in check. Yeah. So because so so on the days you're constructive about that. Yeah, on the days you're not as popular, you would say, I'm a loser. Nobody loves totally. me. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I haven't contributed. I've done nothing. I've done nothing to help my corner of the world, my family, myself. In fact, I just posted about this today on my blog. Oh, wow. Another version. Yeah. Another version of doing this is. I, I've had a rough year, and I have found myself being critical of the way that I've dealt with things. And so instead of um, – that's not a constructive feeling. And so instead of being constructive and figuring out how to move forward and be productive, I've just kind of read a lot. Like reading is my sanctuary, right? Yeah. Kind of the way that, like, World of Warcraft is yours. Yeah, totally. And so, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and so as I've been reading, I've read all these biographies, and I've grown to love these people, even the people I hated, right? Like Really? I read this phenomenal biography on Stalin, and I felt like, even though he was evil, I he was misunderstood. How he became evil, and I was able to have sympathy for him. There right? you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I can have sympathy for Stalin, like, pretty sure I could figure out how to have it for myself. Yes. So today on the blog, the thing that I did was I wrote three paragraphs that came out of a biography of, like, someone by, decides to uh, write a biography about me 50 years from now, what are the three objective paragraphs they would write about the year I just went through? Hmm. And I wrote those objective paragraphs because it helped put my life, my uh, abilities, my contributions into perspective. And so if I wasn't as hard as myself because I was able to look at myself objectively, this outsider's view. Yeah. I mean, it was way too boring. That's no cool, though. to read a biography about me. But sure it's they the will. Same, you know, but it's but it's the same concept, right? Like, yeah. if you can look at yourself from the outside and either write about that or voice up about that. But that's crazy, right? That is crazy. And some people, if you're talking to yourself that way, may think you're crazy. But you know what? They already think I'm crazy. That's true. Number two is sing in the car and shower. Do you do that, Matt? Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't drive in my shower, but yeah. And the shower. Oh, okay, the okay. And, sorry. I missed the and. But I sing in the shower. I do. I actually harmonize. Do you really? To, I do. I, I get all, I, I do. No, I put Pandora on, and uh, Pandora will sing, you know, the hits. Which is Pandora radio station? What? What? Actually, like, Meg, I've heard I've heard he has air in the pipes, and so he harmonizes with the nice little whistle that comes mm, out. as it. That's totally true. It's totally true. But I, I do sing in the shower, and I used to sing in the car, except uh, I use my voice too much, so I'm wearing my voice out. So I try. I just oh, I lip sync. It's, it's your instrument. Yeah. I'm the only guy <laughs> lip syncing on the way home. Because here's a fun fact. The fastest way to get um, a sudden input of energy is to turn on your favorite song. Psychologically, Ooh, there you go. Turn it up. Yeah, like we and are so, the champions. Like we, you asked us to play me. that for that's you. Not, I, that's not one of my favorites of theirs, but I under pressure, right? Yeah, under pressure is their. Song. It's a great song. That's the best. Okay, well, we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll play that next time you're on. Great deal. deal. But, but, I feel like that's my life a lot of the time. Like under pressure. Oh yeah. Pressure. Weeping. It's so yeah. good. No, but see, I, I like I like this idea. So play some music, sing along with it. Sean has Sean has an idea. Well, I'm just mentioning that. One spark, I just dream a day. Mm. For me, 
for me currently, that's having a clean house. That is my most far-fetched dream. Why? Because, um, I mean, capable of maintaining a clean house. For sure. But psychologically and right now physically. But but it's nice to work towards it. Cleaning yeah. down that, that, you know, one set of countertops, even though there's 12 more to go. It's, it's a nice feeling, productivity, and faith in the future, even if it's not reflective of your reality right now. I love that. That's exciting. By the way, if you want to know where to start on your house, uh, looking at your website, I'd start with your kitchen table. It's a mess. Oh, yeah. But to be honest, right? Yeah. I posted that photo because on Instagram and Facebook and all these blogs, it's always so gorgeous. Well, my mm. kitchen table at breakfast looks like my kids cereal all over the place, and I'm trying to like carve out a spot to eat my eggs. Amongst their degrees. how come your kids get like that really horrible unhealthy cereal, and you have a nice egg? This is what's so crazy. I make a hot breakfast every morning, Matt. Do you really? That's That's crazy. Um, But but today the kids were like, Mom, we hate you. We're at Fruit Loops. Wow. I was just too tired, so I gave them Fruit Loops. At a girl. So I ate their eggs. It's not great parenting, but it's a great survival technique. <laughs> We're gonna, we got to take a break, Meg. So, so far, let me make sure we've got two. Look yeah. at yourself from the outside and yeah. sing in the shower and the car. And work towards a far-fetched yeah, dream. Yeah, work towards a far-fetched dream. So we have three. Yeah, we got to come back to that. Go. Okay, we're going to have more with Meg Conley. Meg in Progress is her website. Go check it out. Look, you'll, you'll see what a really dirty table looks like. That way, you know, you can compare and feel better by yourself. We're going to have more with uh, Meg Conley. She's the bomb. She's incredible. We'll be back. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show, the anthem to our next guest, Meg Conley. Pressure. It's so good. You love this? I love that This song. is what you're thinking, huh? I'm, like, so happy right now, Matt. It's such a good song. Do you, do you feel under pressure all the time? All the time, right? I think that's just the state of mortality. Yeah. I think, I think it, and I think it uh, waxes and wanes, depending on the season in your life, and uh, a mostly stay-at-home mom with children and and dreams outside the home as well as inside the home. There's a lot of pressure, and that can be a good thing, and it can be a bad thing. Don't you think that this so, earth is just God's little pressure cooker? Sure, and then we all come out diamonds. Yeah, or uh, preserves. <laughs> yeah, or, well, you know, I use pressure co- my pressure cooker to make beans. Ooh. Oh, they're delicious, Matt. I'd rather be a diamond. <laughs> what if you just come out a bean? What if you've been well, down on this earth, you're under all this pressure, and all you come out is a bean on the Meg listen, Conley table? A, a Dove Creek Pinto bean is not a bad thing to be. It's not. No, that's but delicious. Diamonds are better. Yeah, sure. sure. Hey, uh, you were giving us five crazy things we should keep doing every yeah. day. One, look at yourself from the outside in, sing in the shower in the car, work toward a far-fetched goal. Yeah. Um, so number four? Yeah. Be the person you would be if if no one was watching. Ever. Oh wow, but that's okay. that's embarrassing. <laughs> or is it? So my mom and I like. Did your parents have sayings? Oh yeah. And you just hated them. Like get off the like, couch. Okay, sure. That was one. I don't know if that's a thing so much as like, but sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. That's not a saying. It's just. Uh, 
It's a colloquialism. My mom, my mom always would say, just own it. No matter what, you know, if I was talking about um, a character flaw that I was embarrassed of and didn't want to deal with, if I was talking about um, an unpopular opinion that I had, mm-hmm. um, a body image issue, right? Like, I mean, at one point, you know, when I was 15, I was desperately upset that I wasn't 5'9". Yeah. Well, that's, I'm 5'3". Like, that's just never, ever going to happen. It's not happening. And so whatever, whatever the issue was, she would eventually, after trying to talk me down from my <laughs> uh, hysterics, throw her hands in the air and say, just own it. And so... Those are three really powerful words. Like, own who you I are. I love that. But you, you are so good is. at that. Oh, thank you. You are. No, really. <laughs> honestly. Because you walk like you're 5'6". <laughs> I mean, here you are, just a short little 5'3", but you're walking like a 5'6 woman, almost bordering on a 5'9". That's just the nicest thing anyone's ever said to <laughs> no, me. No, but honestly, but honestly, you are so incredibly good at just owning it. I mean, I make fun of your clothes when you come in, but you own it. And you know what? It's so you. You are so unique. That's what I love about you. That is so kind. But here's the thing. It's so much easier. It's not It's not much work to be your most genuine self. It's a lot of work That's to true. be someone else. And it is very difficult to build upon the person you already are if you're pretending to be this, this alien species. If I'm... Pretending that I was going to be a rocket, you have to be like five nine to be a rocket. Right? Oh yeah, like if I sure. Going to pretend to be one of these things, I never would have been able to build upon what I am yeah. and make this, this lasting, um, exciting contribution to humanity, even if it only happens in our own little corners. And so, so who am I? I'm someone um, who's super passionate. I. Don't match most of the time. I still sleep with my baby blankie. Um, <laughs> I eat candy in the bathroom so that the kids don't know that I have it because like, I don't want to share M&Ms with them. Yeah. So, and Margaret will, like, I'll be, like, leaning against the bathroom door, like, eating my Snickers. <laughs> so I'm on the door, like, Mom, are you going to play in there? I hear a rapper. She's going to grow up thinking that, like, I have, like, serious stomach yeah. issues or something. Mom's so got... one of the things I do, along with some, like, more meaningful contributions. But if you're just honest about who you are, yeah. if you just own it, even the worst parts of yourself, then you're able to move forward. That's super liberating. Oh, and you made the best point. are willing to do that. That's the point. It's, it's so much more work to be fake. Yes. So just and, get and used to being you. Not productive work, uh, not work that builds you anything you get to hold on to. Right, yeah, yeah. you're building a facade that's, right. that's not making you better. It's actually hiding who you are. Right, but it's crazy to be honest. I mean, I know, I know that this shouldn't be in our five crazy things because it seems uh, relatively sane, but I constantly have people um, emailing me, uh, tweeting at me. Is that the right word, tweeting? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> um, they can't believe how honest I've been about, you know, this, that, uh-huh. or the other. But but, it, but it's easy to be honest. We've just uh, taught ourselves that it's wrong to be honest. And your mom taught you that. I'm sure your dad yeah, taught you that. Know, mom. But, but that's so powerful. Um, do you think, because some people have never been themselves. They've always been taught, hi, like, you know, when the front door, when someone knocks at the front door, sure. hurry, clean sure. up the mess. Everybody clean up the mess. Right. Right. Yeah. Concealed, don't feel. 
Ooh. And, and it's, it's okay. It takes it takes a little while, right? But yeah. And you know, sure, like be the person you would be if no one was watching. Like I'm not advocating like picking your nose in public or anything. But I am. Oh, okay. I, but I am saying. Deciding who you are is a good thing, and then move forward with that with that knowledge and bring that to the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James added yeah. the line. James added the line. Conceal, don't feel. <laughs> don't make me start singing, James, because I will. I'll start singing right here. By the way, you, did you know that James disappeared for about two weeks? Where was I? Wasn't, but you guys didn't have a show last week, so I wasn't there. Yeah, neither was he. James, did you propose? Um, we maybe. haven't used the P word yes. on the show yet. That's taboo. We just say oh. things are happening. <laughs> things are happening. All right. With you know, with you know, Mikankovich. <laughs> yet to be named. Hey, uh, what's your yes. fifth? What's your fifth? A uh, crazy. Okay, this is the craziest thing of all. Oh boy. <laughs> Act with love. What? That is so far out of left field when you really think about it. If you're not acting out of self-interest or self-preservation, if you decide to act out of love, that is such, that right there is such a testament in your faith of what humanity is supposed to be like, what your mortal experience is supposed to be like. It's completely crazy and it's completely contrary to our natures. That is, that is like scary crazy. Right? Because we are so justified to just act because someone acted on us. That I'm just right. going to react, right? But you're saying don't do that. I have to tell you, it's something I have been schooled in over the past couple of years. As my writing has become a little bit more high profile, people, you know, you feel like I've carved out a piece of my heart and I've put it on this on this screen on this paper, and I'm hoping that even if people don't agree with me, they're nice. Yeah. And then they're brutal, oh, and they rip you brutal. apart. And I used to rip them apart right back, right? Yeah. Um, but it's that's poison for me. I mean, it's not very nice to them either, but it just tears me up inside. But when And this doesn't happen all the time, but when I am able to react by saying, you know what, I can appreciate that you don't agree, and I'm so sorry that what I wrote elicited such a visceral response from you, and I hope I hope you guys have a better day after this. Like, I hope that hmm. my writing didn't, you know, rattle around in your head too long. I mean, and as I've been able to um, implement that, especially my relationships with women, I love women, but we can be a little bit tough <laughs> to deal with. Totally. Woman on woman violence, right? yeah. violence of the heart. Like, uh-huh. Emotional. Real. Yeah. It's very real. But um, as I've been able to still love women, uh, despite what usually is unintentional harm, I've been able to see them better, and I can see their motivations, and I can see their intentions, and I can see that we're all just doing our best for the most part. And when you're able to understand that, that's a really radical and radically freeing way to live. Oh, yeah. So few people give themselves permission to do that. Well, and and you are in your value system. So then you can continue to receive inspiration and light and revelation from your source instead of becoming more reactive, which will limit your light. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't think... I think that there is a place for anger. I think that there is a place for hurt. Um, I think occasionally there's a place for bitterness. I I can appreciate all that. Um, For me personally, I have a very hard time operating at any level of um, revelatory understanding if I'm feeling any of those things. And so I've decided I deserve to be free enough to... um, 
to be able to re- receive the things that are coming to me. And for me, that means loving everyone. That's good. And it's, just, it's just easier. Maybe it's lazy. Maybe love is lazy. No. It doesn't require nearly as much work as being angry. Well, it's actually hard, <laughs> but it is harder because you have to go against yourself. Because your yeah, natural self would absolutely. just say, get them by the throat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Matt, I still find myself there sometimes. Oh, and, sure. And generally, I can, I can walk away from that. And sometimes I haven't. And every time I haven't, especially in the past two years, um, I, have, I have felt the drastic difference that's made in my spirit, in my life, and honestly, like in my productivity. Yeah. And I don't have time for that. Who no. has the time for that kind of stuff to get in the way? No, you'll Just ask you, with love. The act with love is it, it's it's really acting in sync with your spirit, with your source. That's yes, cool. Absolutely, but and it's crazy. It's it's it, it's only crazy on this earth. <laughs> That's true. It's only That's crazy true. in this you know in the pressure cooker. Yes, absolutely. Man, you th- when did you put these five things together? Is this um? Should is this should just I be your... honest? Okay, I'm going to be honest. No, you, about a minute ago. Uh, yeah, right before you guys called me. Yeah. But I believe, but I believe in them. <laughs> oh, sure. Have you cleaned up that table yet? The table is clean. Okay. Isn't that amazing? You might want to update oh your photo. But the counters are rough because I made these potato chip pecan cookies mm. dipped in chocolate. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah. I ate most of them already. So. Well, I guess they were, I guess they were for you. Neighbor gifts. So far, only one neighbor has received them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a far-fetched goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Way to go, Megan, for clinging to that fading hope that you'll see someone <laughs> who follows through. <laughs> you know what? But see, they're 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 lucky to have you. Oh, it's very nice. It's very nice, Matt. <laughs> when are you going to have the uh, the open house? Um, in five years, when the house is done, we'll have a big open house. <laughs> well, now that you have the doorknobs on, it seems like it'd be a good thing to do now. Sure, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like we're honestly nine months away from it being a real uh, humble showpiece, which is all that I want. <laughs> well, but maybe you just need to be just be honest and just let everyone in and just let us see how it really is now. Okay, deal. You bring the food, and we'll have an open house. You know, what? let's just wait. We'll just <laughs> wait nine months. <laughs> I'm good waiting. So you're owning your cheap skated. Yeah. I'm cheapskate, and that that demands work. That just demands work. Last thing I need is more work. Right? No, sure. You're very hardworking. Uh, Not really, but very hardworking. I just am used to dodging work. Um, (laughs) Hey, Meg. uh, Again, you nailed it. We love having you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. So, if there's a choice between you being a famous star on a lot of other shows or just choosing the one true show. Which yeah, which one I'm would you open, go with? I'm I'm open to that conversation, Matt. <laughs> well, I don't even see it as a conversation. I just think it's just a choice you need to make right now. Yeah, but I've I've never turned down the one true anything. That a girl. There you go. Well, you're the bomb. Her, her name's Meg Conley again. Go to her website, Meg in Progress. Uh, you'll it's uh, it's usually up three out of seven days a week, and uh, today may be one of those days. Meg, thanks. Bye. Appreciate you. Good stuff, man. I'm telling you, this show, amazing. Amazing. It even beats The Bachelor. I watched a little bit of that last night. What doesn't? If I were you, I'd just stick with this show. It's cleaner, healthier, safer. The Matt Townsend Show. We'll take a break and come back. Wrapping it up, we're going to talk about 10 types of toxic people. 
that mentally strong people need to avoid. You might need that as we wrap this up. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on BYU Radio. Shake it off, friends. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. There's just a time in life when you just need to shake it off. You just need to shake it like a dog, a wet dog. Ew. That was my favorite thing. I'd wash my little dog, Buddy. I'd take him out. He'd run to the living room, and then I'd usually I'd, I'd scoot in near my sister. And then he would just shake. <laughs> and there'd be little dog germs everywhere. Yay! Sometimes you got to shake it off. And sometimes in life, there are some people that are just not healthy for you. Oh, you should shake these people off. By the way, and Taylor, Taylor Swift has had to shake many a guy off. Oh, that's true. There's many a guy that's, you know. She has a lot of blank spaces because of that. <laughs> she does. Oh, Taylor. By the way, one of James's favorite uh, singers right there. Love T-Swift. Yes. So great. T-Swift. Yeah, that's what we call her. I thought it was T-Swifty. T-Swifty? Yeah. I guess I am a T-Swifty. Oh, wow. Who loves T-Swift. You're a Swifter? There you go. Uh, I just got weirded out. <laughs> Did that weird you out? That no, weirded me I, out. I think that was Not just Not really, you. because my 11-year-old is the same way. <laughs> the fact that, the fact that a grown man- My 11-year-old is a girl. That's true. So. That's exactly right. And a grown man knows to call her T-Swift, and then a Swifty is somebody that follows mm-hmm. you know, T-Swift. Matt, I think you're just spending way too much energy trying to pretend and not be yourself that you indeed as well love T-Swift. Because I mean, I'm living. I'm living who I am. Never met the guy. Are you living La Vida Loca? I live in the Vida Loca, out, outside, inside, out, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, some things we need to just shake off. Okay. Okay. And uh, <laughs> Sean has put together a little uh, a list. Of t- you found the list. I found a list. Yeah. Ten I types. didn't put this together. This came from Paul Hudson, actually. Yeah. Uh, at EliteDaily.com. This was written last year, but I just I just still, found it, and I thought it was, it was very appropriate for today's show. Ten types of toxic people that mentally strong people avoid. Let's just, let's just by the way, let's go through the list, and mm-hmm. without looking at each other, because you might be like, oh, that's so, so-and-so. Just but see, if we, see if we have these in our lives. We have people that affect us all the time all in our lives, time. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got relatives. Uh-huh. We've got uh, parole co-workers. Officers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Bus drivers. Mm-hmm. All sorts of people. You bet. But- there are types of people that we should avoid. Got to watch out. Number one. Yeah. Well, not. it's just number one on the list. It's not yeah, number it's one not in rank. Number one, it's right. not a ranking. But it would be the show-offs. Oh, jeez. It's those people who feel the need that they have to be showy so yeah. they can because they're always compensating for something and they're trying to prove their worth to themselves. Yeah. I'm kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that guy. That's the guy. That's the, the guy. show-off. Uh-huh. Makes me sick. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Ron. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. So show offs we should avoid because they make yeah. us compare. They well, make us... I mean, showing and trying to make other people envious. Yeah. It's just a waste of time. It's a waste of time, isn't it? Totally. It doesn't prove anything. Hey, I got my girlfriend knives like that. Yeah, it's just like big deal. <laughs> exactly. Okay, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. The unintelligent. Now this oh, is now this is yeah. not something that, this is highly subjective okay. though, yeah. because yeah. you know just now this is not the people who are just not smart yeah. and you can learn you know that that's yeah. not what we're talking about here. This is the kind of dumb that is a result of their <laughs> ego. So I call it uh, yeah, a uninformed. huge ego. Yeah, yeah. No, they're informed. Well, but 
they, if they're informed and they do it, then they're really mm-hmm. not informed. Yeah. But, but these, this, these are people that are so egoic. And they're they, self-righteous. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. They're completely unintelligent as a result of continually making bad decisions and not learning from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Got one of those. Got to avoid them. <laughs> then we have the leeches. Ah, the leeches. It's that friend who's, you know, that friend who's always a little bit down and out. Yeah. Always happy to take the hand out. Always needs something. Yeah. Now. The one who's always trying to take your slice of pizza. There you go. Your last slice. Now, you know, there's nothing wrong with helping friends out from time to time. But these are the people who seem comfortable in the position and don't feel a need to improve their they don't position. Bring, they don't bring anything to the yeah. game. They just always take away or improve their financial situation yeah. by any means. Kind of like, yeah, my kid. No, no. This, those are different. They're they're supposed no. to borrow and take. Yes, I know. But I actually no. My kids work. Yeah, not. That's why I charge my children for rent. Exactly. Why are you laughing? Oh I, no, mm-hmm. no reason. That's what we do. Number four is the lazy. Laziness is a disease, and lazy people make other people lazy. Ah, uh, that's see, that's it. That that now we're going to mm-hmm. hand it down. There you go. Bring me the remote, and it's a highly contagious disease. It is. Mm-hmm. I've got a whole family that's like nobody can go get the remote. Mm-hmm. Number five, anyone who lives by the saying YOLO, YOLO, YOLO. Yeah, that's true. Because the origin of this phrase is not what a lot of people think it is. This is not the person who's, who's, you know, it's not something to go out and drink and do all this other stuff and and just go crazy and do anything you ever want to do. That's not what YOLO is. That's not what YOLO is. No, it is not. This is, YOLO means to spend time doing something meaningful and have a purpose. Yeah. Like fasten my seatbelt today. YOLO. Whoa. There you go. Wow. Did you actually say that? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Pitiful. <laughs> Number six, we've got the big talkers, those that spend their time running their mouths and spend a little time doing anything else. Yeah. All talk, no walk. There you go. Like, like, hey, I milked a goat. I'm going to milk a goat. Someday I'm milking a goat. Hey, okay. shut it. Go milk a goat. And then there's number seven, the constantly depressed. Not those who have an actual chemical imbalance, right. but those who well, act like they do. Who don't, but are trying to create one. Yes. For the rest of us. And then number eight, those who stay within their comfort zones. Yeah. Just if you, the, yeah, they don't want to risk. Don't want yeah. to no no edge, no risk. Exactly. If you want to leave your comfort zone, don't hang out with people who are just staying in their comfort zone. Right, right. It just doesn't work. Then uh, number nine is the non-dreamers. Mm. Those that don't dream and won't allow you to dream either. Oh, yeah, there see. are the people that come, when you're coming up with ideas, they're like, yeah, that won't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah that won't right. work. Exactly. It's not going to happen. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. do it. Yeah, nah. you don't want to step on someone's dream. But what, what if they're out of sort? Like, what if the dreams just like? See, that's a, I think that's a hard thing for parents. Yeah, because your your kids will all the time come and say, "Mom, Dad, I want to try that. I want to do this." Okay. Yeah. But you know, are you willing to fork out the five hundred bucks for the football? You know gear what's really and, cool though, and then YouTube, they don't, and then they quit. YouTube helps a lot. Like, it does. Then you just go show them like the worst hits of twenty fourteen, <laughs> and then that kid's like, "I don't want exactly." Do that <laughs> and the last one is the non-believers. So worse than those who don't dream are those who dream, but they don't believe that they can turn those dreams into a reality. Yeah, because then you, yeah, then you start thinking none of us need to step up. None of us exactly. Need to go. Good list. Thank well you. done. I didn't have you guys didn't make make that list at all for me. 
There you go. But you you wrote three of them that I do. That's rude, James. <laughs> well, <laughs> whatever. No, whatever. We'll whatever. talk about it later. It's good to have you back on the show. No, I love being here. Tomorrow. It's so great. It's fantastic. Hey, we're out of here, my friends. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the tips to uh, better communication in your marriage, how to keep the talk effective and healthy. Also, uh, here's a quote on the way out. Waiting to develop courage is just another form of procrastination. The most successful people take action while they're afraid. Good stuff. That's from an unknown author. Thanks for joining us, folks. Thanks for being a part of this show. We couldn't do it without you. And uh, help us tomorrow. Join us again to find the good in the world. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Over and out.